welcome back to Tea Time. I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Urban, one of the news editors at The Vedette. And I am your other host, Sandra Sparza, a news and features reporter here at The Vedette. And today we're going to talk some true crime, some stuff that's happening, cases that are going on, stuff that's trending on the media, stuff like that. Yeah, so recently, um, Sandra brought this up this morning, um, Amanda Knox was recently featured on a popular podcast, uh, Call Her Daddy. Uh, I don't know if you want to give everyone a little bit of background since you know the case better than I do. So, basically why I wanted to talk about this, because again, she was on that podcast which came out today, and so basically a little background on Amanda Knox if you're not familiar. She was a 20-year-old student who traveled abroad to Italy, and she was studying abroad, just regular 20-year-old girl, had a lot going for her, Um, and when she was there, her roommate ended up being found dead, and Amanda Knox was trending all over the media. She was in all of the headlines and everything because they she was the one being convicted of this murder, her and two other people, mm-hmm. the guy who she was seeing and another person who broke into the house, supposedly. Um, and basically, it, so her there's a documentary on Netflix about Amanda Knox, so if you haven't seen that, I definitely would suggest that because it's just so different to see how the criminal justice system works in different countries it's mm-hmm. just like being a 20 year old female that's very very vulnerable especially in a different country not knowing what's going on and she was she never she said she didn't commit this crime and it shows it showed through the documentary and through if you just look online that the police didn't do what they were supposed to do the mm-hmm. The evidence was compromised. They were moving around different rooms, touching different things, not changing their gloves. And it made a lot of the evidence to be in, in compromise. And that, and she was in jail for four years. And after two years that they, they had another trial to try to reopen the case. And then she was back in jail for two more years. And it was just this whole thing of back and forth and disorganization within the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks... Um, a lot of people um, have been talking more recently about um, innocent people who have been in jail for years and years and years for crimes that didn't commit. Mm-hmm. It's just highlighting um, the the wrongdoings in our U.S. justice system. Like, it's never going to be perfect, but, like, where it is right now is not great at all. At all. It's just, it's not well. Our criminal justice mm-hmm. system has so much work to do. There's so many loopholes that people can go through, like... We were talking a little bit about the Kyle Rittenhouse case happening today, or currently ongoing, and just our frustrations with it. As have we seen, there's been a lot of loopholes and a lot of paths that the prosecutor and the defense and the judge have taken to get things dismissed or get things reintroduced. So yeah, and you can just tell that it's just. There's things that he convict him of, and then there are things they wouldn't convict him of, and it's like, well, you can't have one without the other, so this doesn't make sense. Exactly. So there's, a, like you said, a lot of loopholes that just don't make sense. And with the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing, it's just another situation within the criminal justice system. He's a white, vulnerable male. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but white, vulnerable males get more, usually get more within the court system than an African American per se. Absolutely. Because our criminal justice system is very broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, there was, I watched a TikTok this morning about it, and, like, a guy brought up, uh, if you guys aren't familiar of the case of Trayvon Martin, he was a 17-year-old black teenager who was shot and killed by police because they said that um, he was armed with a gun, but didn't, I don't, I don't, like, I'm not 100%, like, 
I haven't recently read up on this, but I don't think that he was threatening anybody with the... He just had it on him, and he was shot and killed by police. Whereas um, Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed two people, injured a third, walked towards police, still armed with the gun, nothing. Did not. They didn't do nothing. They didn't do anything to touch Kyle Rittenhouse, to disarm him, to arrest him even. It was... I don't know, a failure of the justice system, if you ask me personally. No, I agree 100%. And I'm trying to currently see what... Wasn't the gun he was holding huge? Oh, yeah, it was AR-15. It was an AR-15. like A semi-automatic rifle. It was... How does someone... Not a his... little pistol like Trayvon Martin had. It was a huge... Like, as, as we... I just said, it, it killed multiple people. It was not one something that, like, he would have had to cock back and reload it, and yeah. it would have taken a while. Like this, You can't tell me the he... gun downed... Like, this could have been a whole mass shooting. Yeah, for sure. And what doesn't make sense to me is you can't tell me that this, that he went into this with no notion of killing people. Oh, Don't tell no. me that he went to go help and help the people. No, you went there as um, a privileged white person who has a gun, a really big gun. He was underage at the time of exactly the Exactly. So there's no reason it was he not should his, have it. It was his parents. He crossed state borders, drove two mo- two hours away to go to this protest. And you're telling me there was no motive. Exactly. Exactly. There has to be, There's. there was a motive behind this. There's always a motive behind this, like behind these situations. And it's frustrating when you see the criminal justice system just not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like you said, like there's people who are on death row now mm-hmm. for crimes that they didn't even commit. Mm-hmm. Or there's also, we can we just discuss the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial right now for these crazy things that happen. But there's still people in jail for marijuana chargers mm-hmm. when marijuana is be- becoming legal in most states. Exactly. So it's like, where is, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. It's just not fair. And like I said, just, it's just frustrating to see the criminal justice system not doing what it's supposed to be doing because we're supposed to be in support and in favor of it. And it's hard for us to want to do that when... It's so broken. Yeah, it's like a lot of people of color have like expressed their distrust in the system of how are we supposed to trust police? How are we supposed to trust um, emergency services if they're clearly doing things that harm them? So yeah, I agree. And like I said, I am, I'm, I haven't said this, but <laughs> I'm half Mexican. So like my dad is very Mexican. He looks super dark. My brother looks super dark. I might not show as well as that, but it's affected and I can see it happen and like for example my brother like just he had a situation where he got pulled over and so did my dad it was the same situation and they were being racially profiled because of in asking like being questioned their vehicle like oh whose car is this mm-hmm. like you're gonna question whose car it is just because you can look at the color of my skin and think that I can't afford it exactly like it's things like that it's like I see police lights behind me and I don't feel good uh, I don't I see a cop driving past me I don't feel good I, I honestly feel like I need to protect myself mm-hmm. and that's not how it should be their motto for police officers are to serve and protect but I it's hard to feel that way when our system is the way it is mm-hmm. yeah um recently there's been another case going around um about someone who has been or allegedly has been convicted of not committing a crime and they're on death row like you were saying uh julius jones i don't know if you heard about that case. yeah i was reading about that today actually yeah so um for anyone who doesn't know julius jones was convicted of murdering a man or i don't actually know if it was a man or a woman 
but they were convicted of murdering somebody a lot, but they were they literally had a full alibi they were at dinner with their family and mm-hmm. they could not have committed this but they were still charged with it and the person who, who allegedly did commit it um got off scot-free and then was bragging that he got julius jones convicted even though he was the one who committed the murder yeah that's so frustrating and that leads back to like the whole amanda knox thing too the whole disorganization and evidence and where's the if he has a straight alibi where is where the police officer should be doing everything they can do to find actual evidence Mm -hmm. because that's not evidence just because of the color of his skin because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they were probably doing there and going back to the amanda knox trial like Watching it, it was just so sad to see that what this girl went through her whole life was just thrown in the garbage. She never got to finish school. She was stuck in Italy for years and for a crime that she didn't even commit. And because it was, she finally got acquitted because they realized how contaminated all of the evidence was. And to put that girl through that for that many years changes her whole life. She's mm-hmm. going to be traumatized from having to be in prison. She's going to be traumatized from all of the headlines and her in being in the media so much and it just all leads back to the crooked criminal justice system and you can see it not only in the u.s but in other countries too given what happened to amanda knox yeah i'm like you could even pin all that on the privilege of being a white woman like her case got so much attention because she is a white woman Mm -hmm. she got so much attention in the media all those interviews and her case did she did get out of jail yeah, but four, if you even think if about it, was it, four years later. Yeah, but if you think about it, like you said, if without any of that media coverage like that, she probably would have just they probably would have just thrown her away and locked the key and called it a day, because it just that was the fact that it got so much media coverage that they could people were on them to find the correct evidence and find the real evidence, and like that leads back to like there's like huge cases going on right now the Kyle Rittenhouse case. There's another case too, and then I don't remember which one it was, and then there's the Gillian Maxwell which is starting up soon. And just just to talk about that and the whole, like, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Jeffrey Epstein, but he was a very powerful, rich man who knew a lot of celebrities and got away with a lot of really terrible things, commits terrible crimes. Mm -hmm. And we never got to see him be put through the criminal justice system because he committed suicide, supposedly. I'm a big (laughs) conspiracy girl, so I kind of like to read about that. But Gillian Maxwell was his accomplice, and she's been in prison for a while now, too. And now she's finally going on trial, and we're finally going to try and get the answers that we've been looking for because hundreds of women at a super, super young age were assaulted by Jeffrey Epstein, and she was her accomplice. She brought these girls into him, to his house, to the place where he was at. Mm-hmm. And the proof is in the pictures. Like, she can plead oh, yeah. not guilty all she wants, but you, there's no way that it, there's, it just, everything shows that she was an accomplice. Mm-hmm. She's in all of the pictures, and the with all these people. But again, Jeffrey Epstein got away with this stuff for so long because he was a white male who had money mm-hmm. and knew a lot of higher-ups, which got him through the system so easily because he knew higher-ups, which is frustrating. The criminal justice system should not be... Right now, it feels that it's based on if you have money and you're white and you know people, like, you're fine. Do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like, you're going to be convicted of a crime for rolling a stop sign. Like, exactly. it's just very frustrating to see cases like that. And I really hope it plays out in the direction that I want it to play out um, because justice needs to be served for these people who have been affected by the sexual assault, especially at such a young age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And. If anyone who's listening has gone through something like this, hearts and prayers go out to you. We hope you get the justice that you deserve. Agreed. But, 
Yeah, I definitely agree. There's resources, too. If you're listening and you're on our campus, there's so many resources. There's so mm-hmm. many people to talk to. Literally, all you need to do is Google Illinois State University Mental Health, and you'll go get anything that you need. Mm-hmm. Seriously, these things are, happen. And like I said, going back to Amanda Knox, she was studying abroad, and now Illinois State's bringing back our study abroad program. So it's just very important before you do those things to just research where you're going and research who you're staying with and what you're going to be doing and making sure you have a plan because just in case something were to happen, we pray that nothing ever happens mm-hmm. and we hope that nothing ever negative were to happen just because you're traveling abroad. And it should be a great experience, but it's but we live in a world where you just have to be prepared for those things. Mm-hmm. Like definitely, as we as Amanda Knox's cases we've seen, you need to look up, and it might not be a first thing that everybody thinks of, but you need to look up what your rights are in other countries because everyone's a little different. Oh yeah, extremely different, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like the U.S. is not the same as Mexico or Italy or anywhere. Honestly, we're so different. If mm-hmm. we think about it, like our system is probably the most different out of all of them. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, and it's just very frustrating and just seeing, like, stuff in the media about just, like, judges and stuff like that. Like, why? Like, I just feel that the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing was just so biased. Like, oh, absolutely. we have a white judge for the white guy. It's a white, white male judge. Like, it's just... The word victim was banned in the court because it's too sensitive. It's too emotionally charged is what he was saying. But like you, the thing is, if you can carry a gun and do those things, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to deal with the consequences. We're not talking about a hunting violation here. We're not talking. He, look, first of all, he got the possession of weapon charge dropped. Beyond me, who who let this guy? So you you oh weren't possessing the gun, but you killed people with it. Okay. Yeah, he's still getting charged for murder, but you know, um, possessing the gun that you murdered people with is kind of hand yeah. in hand, you know. It's just, like, to think that these protests happen, and when these protests were occurring, they were very violent, and they were very scary. And to think that just because you're a white male with a big gun that you can run in and shoot a bunch of people, and you won't get in trouble for it because of that. That's exactly what his mindset was. Because he didn't think he was going to get in trouble for this. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. He walked towards police after it happened. He knew that they weren't going to arrest him. They didn't arrest him until, like, what, days later? Yeah, it wasn't even right there. If, the thing is, if it were an African-American walking up with that big gun in their hand, you think they would have done it? You think they would have just walked up to him? No, they would have shot and killed him. Yeah, he wouldn't even have to fire any shots. They would have shot him right away. Yeah. Or at least, you know, beat him up. You know? Yeah, like, it's just they so would have, frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating, especially in, like, the sense of... So during COVID, I lived downtown for a period of time with my brother and his girlfriend now fiance um because um my parents had covid so we were just trying to stay away so my sister and i stayed down there and it was during the time of the really really bad riots and one day before um like before the riots were happening like my brother and i and his fiance and my sister wanted to drive around the car downtown just like see what the streets are looking like they had like the bridges up like it was a huge huge thing that was going on and we're driving through driving through the town and just seeing police officers in riot gear and like so terrifying like Mm -hmm. so terrifying like walking around like they're so much better than everyone else because like they have these huge guns on them and it's it's scary like it was a scary situation to see these police officers like this just on every single corner of downtown chicago because i understand that these riots do get escalated and go Mm -hmm. too far but like there's a reason why these riots are happening Mm -hmm. And it's because of our criminal justice system being so 
broken. Yeah, it's like they're having a protest to protest police brutality. Exactly. And then what happens? Police brutality. Exactly. And I, I've talked to friends who've gone to these protests and I and who have been yelled at and screamed at and put in terrible positions. Like, for example, my brother told me one of his friends went and saw a girl, like, getting hit. So he, like, jumped in and the police, like, ended up arresting him. And it's just like, you don't do, like, I just, it just blows my mind. I don't know. I could never be a police officer, especially now. Just not... Just the way they're taught, I just feel like it all needs to, like, I feel like the police system needs to start from scratch and, like, really teach them more than eight-week training. It takes longer to become a hairstylist than it does to become a police officer and have a gun on your on your side. Like, that is so, so scary to me. Yeah, just, like, in general, they, I, so much more diversity training in general and, at like, every place, especially places where your life could be at stake because of someone's racial bias Mm -hmm. diversity training needs to be so widely implemented everywhere i agree that's so important like you you're you're so right not even just in the police police work in any type of work education it it needs to be taught hospitals especially yes oh my gosh i could get into all the (laughs) healthcare bias and that how that affects people people's lives exactly (laughs) I'll just throw, like, a statistic out. Like, black women are four times as likely to die in childbirth than white women because doctors see black women's pain as uh, just a higher threshold than whites um, when that is not scientifically backed up in the slightest. At all. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. That's so frustrating. Another thing that's broken is definitely our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And it intertwines with our criminal justice system, like... It's just so frustrating. Like, the, like to think about that people can't get insurance, don't have insurance, like, life insurance and stuff like that. Like, that makes me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. Like, affordable health care should be a thing for everyone. Like, there's diff- other countries that have universal health care. Like, that's a thing. Like, the fact that you have to think, I like, my perspective, I'm about to graduate. So, like, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm going to be off my parents' insurance soon. I need to get a good job that offers good benefits. It's just you have to focus on all of those aspects. And what if you can't even get a job that you love because you don't have those benefits? Mm-hmm. So that's very frustrating, too. It's just our a lot of our systems need to collectively be better, but it's hard when there's a million things wrong with the world right now. Yeah, and we both understand that it takes a long time for... Um, work like that to go into effect but we need to at least start it mm-hmm. like i feel like i haven't seen any effective legislation that's been put in to work yet maybe it's still in the works maybe it's still in a bill i'll be honest i have not looked at any of that recently mm-hmm. but just like inactive legislation right now i don't see much that's helping people i'll I be straight up i agree and then like given the fact that we just had a pandemic that killed so many people mm-hmm. you think that would be like our main priority right now mm-hmm. but it's not we just it's just frustrating living kind of in fear of what might happen next oh yeah it's just like hearing all the just everybody's coming out with different stories of things that have affected them over the years and you just see how your what your wealth your income how dramatically it affects what kind of resources you're able to to get access to agreed like we were talking about um like, well, we mentioned healthcare earlier. Um, if, well, okay, we'll go back even farther than that. What you were saying earlier about um, how 
rich white men can get out of essentially anything mm-hmm. because they have um, the racial privilege and the monetary privilege. Yeah. They never have to worry about health care either. They never have to worry about court system. They probably won't have to ever use a public uh, defender who... I'm sure a lot of them are doing great work, but usually they're very overworked, understaffed, low... Underpaid. Underpaid. Access... Have fewer access to good resources. Agreed. Again, this goes back to resources. People with with lower-paying jobs just don't have access to that resource. We have... I've seen so much talk about how... Um, like, I never, I was privileged enough growing up to experience, like, never missing a doctor's visit growing up, where, um, and then growing up, learning that that's not the case for everybody. It's that not. That people will, will never go to the doctors until they know something is seriously wrong. Yeah. And then by a lot of the times, then people find out it's too late, or they can't get the medicine that they need. Because it's too expensive. Exactly. Like, I have a friend who is diabetic, and she cannot survive without her insulin. But it's so expensive yeah. for no reason, too. It costs so cheap to make insulin, by the way, in case anybody didn't notice. And they charge hundreds of dollars. I did dollars. not know that. That's it ridiculous. It costs, like, $15 to make one vial, and they charge $200 per vial. It's that's disgusting. ridiculous. And that's another thing. I hate insurance companies. Yeah. <laughs> I hate manufacturing companies so much. Yeah, me too. That's just that's just wrong. Because mm-hmm. like you said, like people don't have the money to put those things there. And if you think about it, if people don't have the money for that, they're putting their money into bills, into things that they have to pay for. So they don't have the luxury to be like, okay, I don't feel good. I need to go to the doctor. Oh, but I need to pay my bills. That's more important. Mm-hmm. So it's just it goes back to just a broken system. Yeah. And it's, it's very frustrating. A lot of people have to choose. It's like, do I want to feel healthy or do I want to have a roof? To live under you know do i want to have a house do i want to be able to eat this week mm-hmm. a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and it's more than you would think so it's it's just yeah. so scary to see that a lot of people are, you know are, they're living in fear essentially yeah. is what it is they're living in fear of the privilege and the power mm-hmm. that's literally what it is it's, like jeff bezos he could end world hunger and still be super rich but why would he do that it's not because he would rather just make a money bed and sleep in it, probably. All the talk with Elon Musk. You did, you, we both talked about the banter that Bernie Sanders and Elon Musk had on Twitter. Bernie Sanders didn't ago. do anything protect Bernie Sanders at all costs. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but essentially what happened was um, Bernie Sanders tweeted saying that, what was it, Elon Musk just need to pay his fair share in taxes. And Elon Musk said no. <laughs> Essentially, he's just saying, oh, if you can show me proof that my money would solve world hunger, I'll sell all of my Tesla stock right now and do it. And then he didn't we prove that? Oh, yeah. There were thousands of comments saying, yes, you have enough money. And of course, he didn't sell his Tesla. He tweeted, no, Congress should not provide a $10 billion handout to Jeff Bezos for space exploration as a part of the defense spending bill. That's what they're trying to do. A $10 billion handout so he can explore space when people are dying of hunger. So the same thing with um, just my frustration is it's cool to explore space, but just climate change. Our planet right now is going to impact so many more people than SpaceX ever could. You know exactly. That's why it's just frustrating. It's like why don't we put things in? Why don't we put our money into things that actually matter right now? I understand at some point that's gonna matter, but like why don't we put that into climate change research? Um, because it was 60 degrees, 65 degrees this morning mm-hmm. when it's the middle of November. Like, we need to be looking at these things. It's just frustrating. Rich people frustrate me. Oh, yeah. It's like we had snow four days ago and now it's 60 degrees. Yeah, right? like, we're not, y'all don't think that is worrisome because I think it's worrisome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely worrisome. And just, 
just rich people in general. It's just frustrating just to see. Like, I understand that he, that Elon Musk created the Tesla and did all that work, and kudos to him. Like, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, if anybody has that much money, like, like Jeff Bezos owns Amazon. That man has so much money. Let's actually look up their wealth. Let's see how they're, let's see how they're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Elon Musk's net worth is $162 billion. I'll look up Jeff Bezos. Billion. In case, like... That's insane. That's, <laughs> what was it? Say it again. $162 billion. Want to know Jeff Bezos? What? $204.2 billion. <laughs> I'm going to cry. So, um, Jeff so Bezos, can you do us all a favor and, I don't know, um, put that money into good stuff? Please. <laughs> It's hard to want to look at, like, there's these people who we want to look up to. Like, I would so look up to Jeff Bezos if he took some of his money and put it into researching stuff that's going to positively affect our world. Exactly. But but when you just sit around and have all this money and pay your workers unfair wages and not really give them benefits, because Mm -hmm. that is a thing. Amazon had them working through COVID, and, like, people were, I read articles of people being sick and having, being forced to work because Amazon production was so high because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah, outbreaks weren't being taken seriously at factories, like you said, under underpaying staff. And it was just very hush hush too. They Having wanted to so like so many hours, excruciating hours that were like overtime, but not paying them for overtime. You know? Yeah, it's okay. just so many things that is very frustrating, and I just I don't <laughs> even know what to say, but. Yeah, just our system just needs to work to be better. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. None of these things are going to happen overnight. Oh, yeah. It's going to probably be when we're old and gray. Hopefully things will be working or heading that way. It's just just living in it. And like we live in the media. We read these things. We see these things every day. And we're at the age where we have these opinions. And we should express them how we feel. Because if nobody does, nothing is going to change. Exactly. And... Just a reminder for everybody, a lot of this change is going to happen at your local level. So you've got to get involved with stuff. you got to express your voice. Go to rallies. Organize rallies if there are none, you know? Yeah. Just getting involved. Just like I said, us just talking here doesn't mean much besides giving you guys this information. But like I said, just like her, Elizabeth and I going out and saying these things are happening and discussing them. Like I said, we're both... I'm a news and features reporter here at the Vidette, and... I write stories all the time, and an example of a a crime story that happened on campus was a girl who almost got kidnapped, and writing about that just really gave me the insight of, like, these scary situations that happen and how she wasn't being taken seriously by people, and it's, it it happens around you, like you said, Mm -hmm. like, locally, things are happening, so definitely get involved in your community as much as you can. Yeah, I just think the overall takeaway from today's podcast is that there is a lot of change that needs to be made. And like like we've been saying, it's not going to happen overnight, but being like these systems systems, excuse me, should be working for average people, not people with yeah. privilege for the average American. Exactly. Because then the average American can't live. <laughs> exactly. So it's just kind of like our whole system needs to get its priorities back in check because it's just not not in check right now. For real. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up today's quite heated episode of Tea Time. <laughs> I'm your news editor, Elizabeth Urban. I am your other host, Sandra Esparza. I am a, oh, a news and features <laughs> reporter here at the Vedette. Sorry, guys, we're, we'll get the hang of this soon. <laughs> and See you guys! Nice.